CBS Friday. TV's hottest show is Fire Country. I'm not a hero. I'm in orange for a reason. They're taking 12 months off your sentence. You're free. Lady. With a special epic season finale. Now that I'm out, I need something to get me up in the morning. You are a firefighter. Used to be. That will be unforgettable. In the name of your life's happiness, go get your girl. She's getting married tomorrow. Says, when do you let anything get in the way of what you want? The Fire Country season finale, Friday, 9, 8 central on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Welcome back to another edition of Through the Smoke, a Miami Hurricanes football and recruiting podcast here on the 24-7 Sports Network. David Lake joined, as always, by Gabby Urrutia, and we are going to primarily preview the Michigan State game this week. I think it's a huge game, Um, you know, not only for the trajectory of the season, but also the trajectory of the Manny Diaz era, if we're being real about it. Um, I want to I want to point out in our previous podcast, if you all haven't checked it out, um, did a good preview from the Michigan State side of things, kind of understanding what they're all about this year, because it is, it's a program that's in transition. The Mel Tucker era uh, is different than the Mark D'Antonio era. And you know, they're going to look different than what I think you might expect if you haven't watched Michigan State during the Mel Tucker era. So I would recommend checking out the previous podcast, but we are moving forward. Let's keep it moving. Uh, Gabby, I think the most interesting thing that came out of Miami's practices slash media availabilities this week since our last podcast was getting to speak with offensive line coach Garen Justice, right? And, you know, he came out and said kind of what we would have expected him to say in terms of, look, the offensive line isn't playing good enough, uh, but he didn't hold back, right? He said, look, the right side, quite frankly, is where our issues are. Uh, He said in the App State game, Navon Donaldson and Justice Oluwashun have not, you know, did not play to the Miami standard. Um, He's already tinkered with that right side a little bit during the course of this season, making the move in terms of starter. DJ Scaife started against Alabama. Justice started uh, the App State game. Sounds like, though, I think there's a chance we might see a third starter at right tackle in three weeks. What do you make of what Justice said? Because he said, look, it's an open competition there. They got four guys for two spots competing. Navon Donaldson and Justice Oluwashon will be competing for the right guard spot. And Jared Williams, who was last year starting right tackle, will be competing with DJ Scaife uh, for the right tackle job this week as well. I just, you know, what do you make of all that? And quite frankly, who do you expect to be the two starters on the right side? Yeah, um, I mean, I think it was just some blunt honesty from Garen Justice. It's pretty cool. to I mean, not like cool, but like it's pretty refreshing maybe to, to get that from a coach. Yeah, um, yeah. no coach speak. Yeah, that, that was no coach speak there. I think he was just very upfront about everything. Um, you know, I, what, to hear that from a coach, I mean, I think it's just like 
it just seems like a painfully obvious situation, right? Where like, that's where, that's where a lot of things are going wrong. That's a lot of the issues that we're seeing on offense are sort of stemming from the issues on the right side of that line. I mean, it's tough for me, man. Like I, I could see this going a bunch of different ways. I do think justice Oluwishan is going to start in some capacity. Like I think he's sort of proven that he's been that guy that, I mean, I feel like he's been pretty consistent, especially in that Alabama game. He might be more of a guard. Uh, is he going to push Navon Donaldson out there? I think potentially, just because I feel like something needs to change there. Uh, like, I just don't think Navon Donaldson is cutting it, which is pretty disappointing, especially in the run game. Like, right. that's probably been the that's probably been the, the most disappointing, like offensive, like like specific, like one specific thing that I can point to. Like, what's been the most disappointing thing about this offense? I'd probably point to Navon Donaldson. Um, I think that's a. I think that you know. You think you got to try maybe Oluwashan out there, and then at right tackle, man, I could see I could see it going either way. Honestly, my gut kind of tells me that DJ Scape is going to get another shot. Uh, the way uh, okay. Garen Justice sort of, you know, painted that made it seem like you know he was a guy that you know had a really strong fall camp. Uh, really, strong it does summer. seem like he likes DJ more than Jared. Yeah, for that, whatever that, reason, right? Yeah, whatever the reason is, it feel that's why to me, it, I, I sort of get the sense that DJ Scape is going to get the nod there and they're going to sort of try to maybe run that back uh, without maybe a Christian Harris type running at him and just sort of see how he feels, how he sort of handles himself, um, you know, against, uh, you know, maybe a more average opponent or just a more that's level opponent. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, that's why I think Scape is probably going to just get the get the start on on Saturday against Michigan State. I think that's a fair point, right? The Bama factor. I mean, look, there's no doubt like yanking DJ from that Alabama game was the right call. I also do think it's worth pointing out like when DJ does bust, it's epically bad, right? So I don't know. For me, I I agree. I think we're going to see justice at right guard. And and I do, I kind of, I guess hope would probably be the best way to put it rather than expect. Cause I am, I am, I like Jared more than I feel like Garen justice likes Jared Williams. Um, so I'd like to see him go to that move. I just think Jared is more consistent, you know, in games from snap to snap than DJ Scaife. Um, and quite frankly, I think it's just time to see what that look looks like. Yeah. Uh, you know, really shake it up I I like that he's willing to really shake it up Mm -hmm. I wish they would really shake it up at more position groups on this (laughs) team quite frankly Um, so I would like to see Jared right tackle justice right guard Um, and I agree with Navon it is disappointing you know his strength as a player quite frankly because of how big he is and how strong he is he needs to be impactful in the run game and he's just not my take on it, I think, you know, there's a lot of mental busts. And I would say that's probably a product of being physically tired uh, due to conditioning, et cetera, when they try and play at tempo. Um, you know, I think that's, that's causing him to bust mentally, the physical tired side of things. Um, so, and look, there's no doubt Navon has improved in that regard compared to the last couple years at Miami with, with improving his conditioning level. It's just Miami wants to go super fast. Like that's their style of offense. I'm not sure Navon can necessarily do it for a whole game. Um, you know, I think he can do it maybe for a drive here and there, but a whole game, I don't know. 
tell me this, Gabby, what, are there any other moves on the offensive line? Uh, I, I, and this is just our opinion, right? I don't, I wouldn't expect any moves, any other moves on the offensive line in terms of center, left guard, left tackle. Um, but are there any moves you personally would be curious to see moving forward? Honestly, honestly, not really. I think it's just, I really just think it's in this right side. It's gotta be priority right now. I, like I'm sort of fine with Corey Gaynor at center. I'm fine with Jalen Rivers and I'm fine with Zion. So, you know, honestly, on the rest of the offensive line, I think I'm good. I don't think it's perfect, but uh, considering what else is available, I mean, I'm pretty good with how that's sort of rolling. I will admit, like, you know, I do think, again, Navon Donaldson is more physically talented than Corey Gaynor. You know, can he consistently snap the ball? Yeah. I don't know. I would, I would be intrigued by that look, but there's no way Miami's going to do that. They view him, they view Corey Gaynor as a key leader, right? So they're not going to do that. Um, but I, I do think, you know, if you want to make the case for the five best, right, get your five best out there. I, I think that would be the move. Um, but again, I, I would not expect that. I think it is worth pointing out to the podcast listeners because, uh, you know, we wrote this on the website, but Garen was pretty frank that he feels like Jalen Rivers has been his best offensive lineman this season. Uh, thus far, he felt like Zion Nelson still working his way back from missing a, a couple weeks during fall camp with whatever he was missing fall camp with. And, um, you know, he, he kind of just said Corey Gaynor has been all right. So and, and he did mention the plan with Ja'Kai Clark. Um, who had been a starter the previous two years. He said he's fully healthy and ready to go. Like he could play right now. Um, but the family approached him about redshirting this year uh, because he is viewed as the starting center of the future. So in an emergency situation, Jakai would be the backup center. He would be the guy playing uh, center. Um but the plan right now is to just redshirt Jakai, get that extra year of eligibility for when Corey Gaynor's time as the starting center is over with. Anything else to touch on with the offensive line, you think? No, I think that's good. It's a big key, right? Those guys yeah. do, they need to step up. It's time to Absolutely. go there. So in the run game specifically. Uh, let's talk some recruiting. Mm-hmm. We, we've had a little bit of, of recruiting news sprinkle out here recently. Um, let's start with the number one linebacker target, I would mm-hmm. say for the hurricanes, local guy, four star out of Miami central Wesley, the saint, he dropped the top five. What do we need to know there? I don't think it's, it's necessarily surprising, but he, he put his five out there. Um, he was at Miami, Miami for the app state game. Um, what, what do you make of his top five? Yeah, I'm not really surprised. I feel like this was basically like his unofficial top five the entire way. Um, He's already officially visited. I mean, three schools he's already officially visited, which is Miami, West Virginia, Penn State. Uh, You have Florida State in there who he's visited a bunch of times too. And then Florida's the fifth school. And, you know, he took an unofficial over there this summer too. So basically the schools that he's been to are his top five. So if you've been following his recruitment, I don't think you, you were caught off guard by any of those programs in there. Yeah, you know, um, I mean, this is Miami's top guy at linebacker. I mean, you look at the way the rest of the linebacker, linebacker board sort of shakes out, and it's it's pretty bare. 
So, you know, this is, this is, it feels like this get guy that they're, they're all in on. This is the guy that they need to land. Uh, you know, again, he was at Miami for the, for the Appalachian state game. He said he met with coach Diaz, you know, in the club live section of the stadium that they, that they bring the recruits to before the game and all that stuff. And man, he was basically telling them that, you know, they need him. Uh, again, nothing, nothing that's super surprising. Uh, he is, he's the top linebacker on the board and he's a guy that they've been recruiting for uh, basically two, three years at this point. Um, so, you know, Miami's just got to continue to chip away and, you know, win some big ball games. I think Saturday, you know, winning Saturday sort of, you know, picking up where you sort of like, I mean, maybe not where you left off last year, but, you know, just sort of getting things rolling in a way where you can string together a few wins and you know, get into that bye week, you know, on the right who, foot. Who's the team that concerns you most in terms of competition for Miami? Yeah. Um, to me, I mean, I think there's something about Florida that really intrigues yeah, him just because it's the SEC. And I yep. think that he want. I think he wants to be maybe that SEC type of football player. Uh, so I think something about Florida, if they really were to push, I think that could make it interesting. I know he had a really good time up in West Virginia. That was the first official visit he took. Um, you know, coming out of that, people were saying behind the scenes, like, hey, West Virginia could be a real player here. Um, so I would watch out for West Virginia. Florida State, I'm not super sold on that, um, you know, on him picking Florida State over like a Miami, just straight up like that. Right. I'd probably worry more about Florida and and West Virginia um, at this point of the recruitment. And Florida's just kind of got like of these top five, they're kind of the most recent yeah. in terms of like interest, right? Is that fair to say? Yeah, no, it is. Uh, you know, again, he, he visited Miami a ton. I think he's been to, you know, he's been to Florida State a few times too. Um Florida was the school that sort of came around and it started like talking to him a little bit. Um, and, you know, they, ha I think they have a couple linebackers committed, but I think they're kind of just like seeing or whatever. Do you know how recruiting goes? Um, I'm not sure Florida's yeah, like full court around. pressing. Yeah. I don't think yeah. Florida's like full court pressing or anything like that. Certainly not the way Miami is, but uh, it seems like, you know, Florida is a school that if they were to turn it up, I, yeah, yeah, they could easily, you know, trend that trend the right direction pretty quickly. Majalik Kelly, um, he was at Miami for App State game as well. You know, just what's the vibe there? Obviously, you know, Oregon is a team, I think, yeah. to look out for there. They definitely had a huge win over the weekend, right? Um, but I do think Miami's in a very good spot with Nigelik. Uh, what, what do you make of, of Nigelik Kelly's recruitment right now? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a big deal that he came to the App State game. I think it's a big deal that he's going to come back, even after, you know, fans are disappointed and all that stuff. and talking about, oh, this is going to impact recruiting. But, hey, Nigel E. Kelly is going to be back at Hard Rock Stadium on Saturday to watch Miami play Michigan State. So I think that's – I think that tells you that, you know, Miami is sure. very much, you know, in this. He wants to be around the program. He could probably easily just drive up the road, go to Florida and Alabama and, you know, experience that. Instead, he's going to stay down here in South Florida – go to that game. Yeah. And David, like you mentioned, Oregon, I think is a real player, man. I mean, you got a couple guys from South Florida on that staff, obviously Mario Cristobal, the head coach, Andy Mirabal, another South Florida guy, you know, they, they have come to the sunshine state and pulled guys before. I think it's a tough sell just like literally going across the country. But, um, you know, I do think he's he seems absolutely... like, he seems like a mama's boy. Just my, yeah. read on it. Is that yeah, fair? It just, I, I just, I think if Oregon was located in like Georgia, like, yeah. you know, I think that would be like, I would probably be having crystal ball there, but I think the distance is a real factor. And again, him being so close with his mom and stuff like that, I think, 
uh, that's a, I think that's, that, that'll be a tough pull for them. But again, I think they're going to give him a lot to think about. I think Miami's in a pretty good spot, man. I mean, when you consider yeah. the local defensive linemen, I mean, you got Shamar Stewart are sort of trending towards, you know, Texas A&M, maybe an Ohio state type. I still think Miami's very involved there, but I mean, just kind of seeing how often Nigel league has been around, you know, between coach Diaz and coach Simpson going to see him, uh, to him coming to the app state game, to him coming back for the Michigan state game. I think, uh, you know, I just think you like those are the things you like to see, you know, follow the visits is always one of those like, you know, golden rules of recruiting. And, you know, it's good to see Nigel consistently being in South Florida and staying home and being around the program, being at Hard Rock. So that's that's always a good thing. Of those two with Nigel and Shamar. You know, and I, I agree, I think Miami's still in a good spot with Shamar. There's still a long ways to go there. But I as things stand today, I would feel better about Miami landing Nigel Leak than I do Shamar. I think they could land both. I'm not saying it's one or the other. Uh, would you agree with that? Yeah, I would. I, okay. I would. Um, you know, I think Shamar probably could have come last week. He didn't. Um, still not sure if he's going to be there this weekend. Uh, so I, I feel like Nigel Leak's making his intentions very clear. I remember when I spoke to him after his game against Deerfield beach, he said like, yeah, I'll probably, he told me like, I'll probably go to Miami often, you know, like I probably won't even plan it. I'll probably just show up or whatever. He's basically planned the last two. So like, he's been making it a point to, to be there and to like, you know, make it known that he's going to be there. So, you know, I think, I think that's a big deal for Miami just sort of, again, just you want to get these guys on campus. You want to get that FaceTime with these dudes. And I feel like Miami has been able to do that a lot more with Nigel than uh, Shamar Stewart, at least, you know, this last month. Or yeah. So. It's the ups, ups and downs of recruiting yeah. with Shamar. So we'll see where things shake out at the end of the day. Like I said, plenty of time with Shamar Stewart, in my opinion, for things Definitely. to play out. Uh, on the defensive line, uh, Miami's having a big-time out-of-state visitor expected for the Michigan State mm -hmm. game. Tell us who he is and, and what we need to know about that. Yeah, so, I mean – He's all basically almost a five-star in the number 17 overall player in the country. That's Anthony Lucas. He's out of Scottsdale, Arizona. Um, you know, dad is a Miami alum. Some of you guys might remember him from the summer. He officially visited. This is just a massive dude, you know, six, four and a half, 300 pounds. Like, you know, this is a major, major target that's making his way over here. Um, you know, just kind of thinking back on his time in Coral Gables over the summer, he was someone that really connected with, uh, you know, Ed Pata, um, you know, I think Ishmael Aristide, a few of those guys, because, you know, Anthony Lucas is Haitian. I think both of his right. parents were born in Haiti. Uh, Miami has multiple staffers that are Haitian, too. So I know that there's a really strong connection there. But I spoke to him earlier this month and he told me that, you know, Miami's done a really good job staying in touch with his parents who, you know, they lived in they lived in South Florida for a point. I think Anthony Lucas grew up like his younger years in South Florida before making that move over to the West Coast. So. You know, I think this is a school he's giving a real look to. This is an unofficial visit. So they're, they're paying their own way to come over to Miami for this game. Right. So, you know, it's a great opportunity for them to, you know, put on a good performance to show Anthony Lucas that this is a place that he can play a homecoming of sorts where, you know, he's potentially coming back to South Florida and all that. So uh, this is a big time visitor, man. So you got two of your top defensive line targets on campus, at, oh, not on campus, but at the game at the same time. Uh, you know, great opportunity for the defensive line to put on a good performance and, you know, just to show him what he could potentially be experiencing as a hurricane. You know, he's going to go see a bunch of other schools. He's already seen USC, UCLA. I think he's going to go see Alabama. Um, he's going to go see a lot of his favorites, Sex A&M, Notre Dame. I think Oregon's in there too. So still a lot of games that he has on his schedule, but 
it is good that he said he was going to visit for this game and then is following through with it. Cause in the middle of a high school season, it's tough to just play a oh, Friday yeah. night game and travel Saturday to, you know, across the country. So for him to actually go through with this and um, make that effort to get down here, I think says a lot about, you know, how strongly he's considering Miami at this point. And who are the, just so the listeners know who, or remind them who are the two or three schools, you know, you're keeping an eye on, outside of Miami with Anthony Lucas, like who's the top competition, would you say? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think, I do think Texas a and heavily involved. Oregon is another school that I think he's considering deeply, especially now. Uh, Alabama's in the mix there too. Notre Dame's in there. Uh, he took one more. No, those, those were his five official visits. Those Oregon, Texas A&M, Alabama, Miami, Notre Dame. So those are like the five schools. And then he has like USC who he's considering. Uh, he went over there when they lost to Stanford. They just fired Clay Helton. So not going to write them off, but I feel like it's also a tricky time to sort of have USC in the mix. And uh, I think LSU so Texas A&M and Oregon mainly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, what, that's who I would say at this point. He is like, you know, one of my favorite cliches in football, war daddy. He is the definition yeah. of a war daddy, right? So if you want to improve your talent and you your size quite frankly on the defensive line you got to land guys like anthony lucas i think miami landed a war daddy last year and leonard taylor Mm -hmm. um you know i'm curious if they play leonard taylor this week with anthony lucas in attendance right um i think that would be a nice little nod in a way you know not saying giving him a ton of snaps but maybe give uh leonard taylor 10 snaps see how he does And, and then after the game, you can uh, definitely make a point to Anthony Lucas about that. Any other visitors we should know at this point, Gabby? I know, you know, expected visitors at games, you kind of just don't find out till 24 hours before. So it's a little early for all that. But anyone else you know of that you want to highlight right now? Um, I mean, Steve Wilfong reported that I think this is pretty recent. I'm just reading this right now that Shamar Stewart is expected at Miami and so is Wesley Besaint. So I think that'd be a, okay, great. That'll be, that'll be a big deal. If you know, both those guys do show up. Um, I mean, that would, that would be huge. Uh, also you have Landon Idieta, the wide receiver. Okay. Uh, he's supposed to be down in South Florida cool. uh, to watch this game too. So, you know, it could end up being a pretty, a pretty good uh, showing on Saturday, which I think would be, would be pretty big for Miami, especially if you throw Shamar Stewart, Nigel Kelly, Anthony Lucas in a room at the same time. I mean, you look to your left, you look to your right, and you can, I think you can just sort of imagine what that defensive line could potentially look like if those guys were to make that decision. So I think it's always good for Miami to get dudes like that, you know, in the building at the same time and sort of just like see what could potentially happen, just sort of provide that, you know, possibility of, hey, look, yeah, that vision of what this could potentially look like. Mike Jackson, uh, we talked about him a little bit on the last pod. He visited Sunday, I think. Mm-hmm. Any anything, and you went and saw him right at his Palmetto practice. I'd I'd call him more of a return specialist. Yeah, uh, but I guess he does play receiver technically. If we're talking offense and defense uh, positions, anything new with with Mike Jackson? Any vibes you get after talking with him? Kind of where are things at there? Yeah, I mean, my vibe is that my, if Miami wants them, they're going to get them. Uh, that's, that's really what I came away sort of thinking there. I think if they really said, hey, we do have a spot for you, um, I think it would be almost guaranteed that that's where he's going to school. Um, you know, he did, he took in the, 
the App State game. That's the other school he's considering is Appalachian State. You know, he said that, you know, Miami's coming after him harder than Appalachian State. I don't know how true that is, but, you know, he said that those are the two schools that are, he's really focused on right now. Um, You know, he just said that he, he liked, he went to practice on Sunday and he liked watching Brashard and Leonard Taylor, two of his former high school teammates, Uh, you know, that type of stuff. They like him as a return man, as a slot guy. I think really what you just mentioned, David, as a return man. Yeah. So you know, I think it's possible he shows up again on Saturday. And again, I mean, that's my vibe that, you know, if he's a guy that Miami wants, they're probably going to get him. Okay. Anything else with recruiting or or keep it moving? I think you can keep, keep it rolling for sure. Okay. So let's, before we get into a break here, you know, kind of giving our thoughts on Michigan state uh, on that game, let's talk a little bit just about the betting line. Right. Um, I think it opened at seven and a half, right. Um, uh, it's now, it keeps changing. It seems like by the hour it's now at six, it keeps going back between six and six and a half. Um, let's talk about that line first. I feel like I don't, I wouldn't touch that. I don't, we'll, we'll get into why here. Um, I wouldn't touch either side of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I guess if you like, if you forced me um, to bet that line, I would pr- I would probably bet Michigan State in the points. Yeah. Um, you know, I think it's going to be a close game. Uh, so that's what I would do. But if you forced me to bet, but I, I quite frankly would not bet this line. I don't feel like I can – I don't have a good read on that part of the game, to be quite frank. Yeah, no, I, I feel like I don't either. Like Miami, as you said, it's minus six now. Minus six. Minus six, yeah. I, I just wouldn't touch it again. If you like force my hand, like gun to my head, I probably, I would probably go Michigan State uh, plus six. Right. But I, I could see situations where Miami wins this game by you know, double digits. Uh, I could see a situation where Miami loses this game. You know, I think that it's, I just think it's too fluid right now. I, I just, with the way Miami's playing right now, I can't confidently say they're going to win by a touchdown. Um, but I, I can absolutely see that happening. I would just rather, I'd rather not, <laughs> you know, yeah. I'll just let this, let this one play out. And the over under right now, right now is 56 and a half. Um, for our best lines of the week, which we put out Sunday ish. Right. I said, I, I liked that over 50. I got it at 53 and a half. Oof. So I'm feeling good about that. Honestly, at 56 and a half, I still, like, I do feel like there is this game could be pointsy. I could see both teams getting in the 30s. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if that's necessarily going to happen, but I, I could see both teams getting in the 30s. I think that potential is there. So over under 56 and a half, I would probably say over, quite frankly. Do you have an opinion on that? I like that <sighs> bet more than the yeah. minus six or whatever. Yeah. Uh, it's just with the offense, man. I, I just feel like I need to see it before I can just go there. But yeah, I, I, I might go over as well. Um, again, I could see this being a little closer to, uh, I could see this going both ways, but yeah, I, I'd probably, I'd probably lean over at this point. Yeah, man. That's Overall, I, I'd say stay away from this game. Yeah. I would not touch this game. Like with if I these was lines right now. Yeah, so sure. uh, that would be our advice, I think, but that that's our thoughts let's take a break here 
And then on the other side, we'll kind of dive into Michigan State and really preview the game. Every sport has their big, juicy controversy. Boxing has the Mike Tyson ear bite. Cycling has Lance Armstrong. Baseball has its steroid era. Curling has... Broomgate. It's a story of broken relationships, houses divided, corporate rivalry, and a performance-enhancing broom. It was a year I'd like to forget. Broomgate. Available now. All right, we're back. Gabby, let's just jump into it. Uh, Keys to the game. I'll let you go first. Let's highlight what you think is, is kind of the key, one of the keys, I guess, to the game for Miami. Yeah. I mean, for me, I think first and foremost, you need to, you need to get Kenneth Walker on the ground, you know, Michigan state's star running back, the Wake Forest transfer, um, you know, just, you know, watching him, watching him in that Northwestern game, you know, he has, he has the ability to run through tackles. And I think Miami has shown in the past that they can struggle against a back specifically like this. Yep. Yeah. These good backs, like the Miami has, will typically has typically, um, you know, not tackled their best. I think the priority, if you're Manny Diaz calling that defense is make sure that Kenneth Walker is getting on the ground. Like the first time you hit him, you don't want him to start breaking loose. Uh, does a really good job after contact. Um, you know, he has pretty elite vision, honestly, just from what I've seen, you know, he has a really he good does. job of just sort of bouncing back, like bouncing to the outside and finding those holes. So, you know, just really making sure you get a body on him as quickly as possible and just dragging him down. I think that that's got to be priority number one on either side of the ball. Um, it's, it's, it's make sure Kenneth Walker isn't the guy that beats you. With um, Kenneth, just, let me ask you this from what you, from what we've seen, what scares you more? Is it his home run hitting speed or is it his ability to break tackles? I think it's his ability to break tackles and just find, just like find the holes. I think he has, he just, just does a really good job of just sort of being patient and making that one cut and just going, you know, like, I feel like, I I feel like he's not just like, you know, a bruiser that's just going to run over you. Like, I think he does have that sort of finesse where he can be shiftier, maybe faster than he might look. Um, But, you know, I'm definitely more concerned about his ability to break tackles rather than just like take, just like, get around the corner and beat your entire defense. And he is explosive, right? Once yeah, he does absolutely. get to the second level, he could score from anywhere mm-hmm. uh, on the field. But I agree. I think it, I think his balance is very good. He's obviously very strong. Mm-hmm. You know, I think he's listed at 5'10", 210. Um, he's definitely a, a, just a rocked up body type. Uh, definitely, I think, an NFL back. Let me ask you this, because I've gone back and forth. On, on what I think about this. Is he the best running back Miami's faced this season? Because they faced some good ones, right? The Alabama guys yeah. were good. Uh, Cameron Peoples, I think, is going to be an NFL back. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Kenneth Walker is going to be an NFL back. How do you rate Walker amongst this bunch? Yeah, I'm not sure he's the best because, I mean, honestly, watching Northwestern too, I'm not sure that's like the, like, I don't know, the measuring stick that I sort of want to use for Kenneth Walker. Like, I do think that this is the best defense he's going to face. I'm going to be interested to see how he sort of performs in a game like this. I mean, Northwestern, I thought, did a very poor job tackling, just a very a pretty poor job just like even just getting bodies on him a lot of the time. So I'm not sure Northwestern is going to have a particularly strong year. 
So I just want to see, I want to, I think my, I think what, I think we're going to know after this game where Kenneth Walker stands, like amongst like the Cameron peoples, uh, you know, the Brian Robinsons, the Trey Sanders and those types of guys. Uh, I, I just want to see him do it against like a team like this. Cause I'm not convinced Youngstown state and uh, you know, North that Northwestern team is, is sort of like the standard to sort of measure how good he is. I do think he's a great player. And I do think that what he's put on tape this year is, is, is phenomenal. But I do want to see how he's going to look against, you know, a team that's probably, I'm going to comfortably say, better than either one of those two oh, that yeah. he's already ran against. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know, to be honest. I go back and forth between him and Cameron Peoples, quite mm-hmm. frankly. I, I think Cameron Peoples is faster. Um, and and he's so bigger. he's bigger. That explosive element scares me a little more. Mm-hmm. Now, Kenneth is explosive. Don't get us wrong. Um, but to me, I, I think Kenneth Walker is going to frustrate Miami with grinding out some runs. Mm -hmm. Um, whereas Cameron peoples last week concerned me from the standpoint of he could, he's a one cut. And once he goes downhill, he's going to, um, score. So, and we saw that, right. He had one explosive run. Yeah. which was kind of scary because he he has that long stride. Once he starts going downhill, uh, he gets going in a hurry. So, yeah, I, I agree. Like Kenneth Walker, you know, obviously it's a huge key. You got to tackle him. He's right now, according to PFF, 15 missed tackles forced um, wow. on the season, which is fifth most in the country. Uh, the scary stat, 8.6 yards after contact per carry. Um, so yeah, the balance is elite. The strength is elite. Um, and on the flip side, right. Miami, Miami's defense is allowing 251 yards after contact in these first two weeks. Now I do think the context of Miami's face, some good running teams matters, right? Yeah. Uh, cause Miami, that, that yards after contact Miami's allowed is the most in the country right now. But I don't know if any other team has faced back-to-back two good running teams like this. Um, so that does matter. But no doubt, Miami needs to be better at tackling the guys to the ground. In a way, Gabby, too, I think it's worth bringing up uh, the stretch runs mm-hmm. that Michigan State likes to do. Uh, Walker against Northwestern. All his explosive runs, for the most part, were to the edges. Um all four of his touchdown runs were to the right, or sorry, to the left edge. And, um, you know, his edge runs in that game as a whole, he ran 18 times to either edge and totaled 193 yards. So he was over 10 yards per carry when he ran to the edges. So it's going to be important, you know, of course, for the DNs, linebackers, corners, to set that edge and make them cut back inside and get them on the ground as soon as possible. So, and in a way, honestly, uh, it'll be a nice measuring stick because those edge runs is what killed Miami last year against North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, I went back and looked at it in that North Carolina debacle of a game. Uh, the Tar Heels ran for 256 yards and two touchdowns on 22 carries on runs to the edges. Wow. So, 11.6 yards per carry uh, in that game. I do think Miami's defense is playing better against the run this year than what we saw last year. They're just more connected and they're swarming to the ball better. 
uh, they're, they're setting the edge better. So it'll be a good test for them in that regard. Um, I'll, I'll bring up a key that I find interesting in this game. And I keep harping on this because, you know, in college football, you have to, you have to generate some explosive plays. Um, and it's not going to be easy this week because Michigan state plays a kind of a bend, but don't break style of defense. Right. Um, and we saw that in week one against Northwestern. I, I believe Northwestern scored three touchdowns in that game. Two of those touchdown drives, uh, were at least 15 play drives. And so one touchdown drive was 15 plays, 62 yards. I mean, that's just a slug fest of a drive. (laughs) Their, uh, their other touchdown drive was 16 plays, 69 yards. So they back up, they keep everything in front of you. And again, they did this against Northwestern who's not nearly as fast as Miami. I think it's fair to expect them to do that try and do that to Miami. So it's going to be tough, right? I mean, Appalachian state essentially did that to Miami this past week and Miami struggled, uh, to punch it into the end zone, I think because of that, but you still got to find to find a way to generate explosive plays, whether you get guys behind the defense. Um, you know, I do think Rambo and Harley and Keyshawn Smith have a big speed advantage over Michigan state's secondary. And, you know, in the short passing game, these guys got to find a way to break, make that first defender miss mm-hmm. and, and pick up yards after the catch. Uh, Miami's been putrid this whole season in terms of yards after catch numbers. And uh, that area needs to pick up big time in this game. Uh, anything else you want to touch on in terms of keys to the game? I think getting like just like natural pressure on Peyton Thorne is a, is a big deal. Like not yeah. like, not like blitz pressure, like just pressure from like your front, your front four. Um, you know, I think here I have, I have the numbers in front of me. He was so like the PFF numbers. I mean, he was, he's at his worst when he's just under pressure, but not blitz. So like, again, just that, that natural pressure from, from that right. defensive line. And then when he does he gets, well against blitzes against blitzes, he's, he's been elite. I mean, his numbers are 12 of 14, 199 yards and three touchdowns when blitzed. So, right. you know, he's, he knows where to go. When he they definitely blitz. knows where to go when, when they blitz. And, you know, so I think you just, you want to create that pressure without sending like a ton of those extra guys. Cause it seems like that's where his strength is. Yes, um, so agreed. I think, I think what, you know, Nesta Silvera, Jared Harrison Hunt, Jafari Harvey, Chance Williams, DeAndre Johnson, Zach McLeod, what, what those guys are able to organically uh, produce pressure wise, I think is going to be telling on, you know, how this game's going to go too. So uh, definitely going to be looking at that front four and, and how they're able to get back there. I think this is where Leonard Taylor comes in. You know, I feel like he is, I feel like he brings a lot of just natural pass rush ability from that interior defensive line. I think he could be someone that they could mix in here and sort of let loose in this game. And it's like, Hey, go get the quarterback. So. So, I mean, crossing our fingers that we see some 56 out there. Yeah. And that kind of brings me to the next, um, talking point, right. In our preview, what worries us most about Michigan state, quite frankly, I'm curious how he does perform in this game, but Michigan state quarterback Peyton Thorne might be better than we realize. Um, You know, I'm not going to sit here and say he's a stud, but he does some things that are pretty good, you know, pretty impressive. I don't know if he's like, does he have any elite traits? I would say no, but he's good in a lot of different ways. Um, You know, I watched, he made his first start of his career against Penn state 
last year. And, you know, Penn State does have good athletes on defense, right? Comparable athletes, I would say, to Miami on defense. He finished that game 22 of 39 for 325 with three touchdowns and one pick. Um, you know, he, he does, as you're saying, Gabby, I, I think you do want to force Peyton to beat you from the pocket because uh, I don't think he's as good of a thrower in the pocket. But I think that's easier said than done because Michigan State designs a lot of rollouts for him. Uh, he, on his own, will kind of drift to his right to buy time. It seems like he's very good at, at kind of the scramble drill. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he, he's on the same page with his top receivers, Jaden Reed, Jalen Naylor, when he does break from the pocket. And honestly, I think those two receivers are fairly dangerous too. They're, they're good receivers that can make plays downfield. They can make contested catches. They have enough speed to burn you after the catch. Um, so I guess what I'm getting at is I, I do think Peyton Thorne is going to be like from a Miami defense perspective, he's going to be annoying to face because yeah. Miami will do everything right. I feel in that first three seconds after the ball is snapped, but then Peyton Thorne's just going to break from the pocket and find the open guy downfield. I think mm-hmm. we're going to see that a lot. Um, so I agree with your point in terms of like the front four has to do a really good job, keeping them in the pocket, getting that pressure on them. Cause when that does happen, he definitely folds quickly yeah. in terms of taking sacks, but he's also very good at breaking from the pocket, keeping his eyes downfield and finding in particular Jaden Reed, who was his high school teammate. They're on the, they're on the same page um, in terms of those scramble drills and, and hitting him on the sidelines. So what worries me most about Michigan state is their quarterback being better than we kind of expected, I think in the preseason. Um, and, and quite frankly, Gabby, if Peyton Thorne is the quarterback of Appalachian state, I think Appalachian state wins that game. Yeah. So, you know, this is a similar close type of game, I think. Um, and, and the quarterback play will be much better this week. I think. And I think he's like a little sneaky, like athletic too. Like he'll pull he some of yeah. those RPOs and he, and he'll take it himself. And, you know, you, you, you can't, you don't, you can't count on him just being a statue back there. I think he'll kind of keep you honest yes. uh, in terms of just like, you know, you can, you can, you know, hone in on Kenneth Walker, Kenneth Walker, Kenneth Walker, and he can pull one and he'll, he'll gain 12, 15 yards. You know, he's not going to, he's not going to burn by the defense or anything, but he does have, he is athletic enough where he can well, he will keep you honest and he will, you know, go out and pull it himself and take it. So yeah, I think that's also something you also have to be sort of, just aware of if you're Manny Diaz in that defense that he does have the capability of just sort of being that guy that again, just, to, just has enough that you have to sort of worry about it and just sort of pay attention to it and like key in on it. Uh, He's as very the game good. Goes on. Like ball handling too. Like this is real nerdy type of discussion here, but like, <laughs> uh, his play actions, you know, he's, he handles the ball very well, which is important in terms of like freezing the back seven. Cause they don't know where to look with their eyes. Um, that's kind of the subtle stuff he does do well also too, like he, like through these first three starts, he is averaging 9.2 yards per attempt. Um, and you know, 10 yards per attempt is considered very, very good. 
Uh, and for comparison's sake, right, during his time at Miami, Derek King is averaging 7.8 yards per attempt. So Peyton Thorne's not some sort of scrub. I'm not going to say he's definitely a game-changing quarterback. Uh, and I am curious to see how he does handle this Miami speed on defense and this Miami pass rush. Because in terms of this season, he hasn't seen anything close to this level yet. Uh, what about you, Gabby? Like, what worries you most about Michigan State, what they bring to the field this week? Yeah, I mean, I, I to me, it's, I feel like it's a lot of the stuff that we've already talked about, like what they what they do running the ball, um, you know, what they sort of do offensively. Like, I think that Jaden Reed is a, a home run hitter. You know, I think he can be that guy that, you know, can potentially get behind Miami's defense and, and make those big plays. Um, you know, so I... I think their offense in general is is better than I thought it was going to be coming in at this yes, point. Yes, I agree. Um, I do, and I do think that you know their defensive front could potentially be troublesome for a Miami offensive line that hasn't been great. So I'm worried that you know Miami's not going to be able to run the ball. Um, I'm worried that you know De'Ara King's not going to have like the amount of time, or that he's going to have to have another really physical game uh, three weeks into the season where he's asked to do a lot with his legs. Um, so, you know, I, I think there's a lot of things about Michigan state where I'm just like, you know what, like I could see this being an issue. And, uh, I think Miami's going to have to come out and play some really good football on Saturday if they want to walk out of there with a win. Let me bring this up. This is interesting. It's a little hot takey. So if you push back on it, I, I understand. Uh, but if we're talking, you know, these three opponents that Miami has to start the year, would you put like, I kind of feel like the other team has had the better running back and the better wide receiver compared to Miami's best running back and best wide receiver each week. Would you push back on that? Or do you feel like Miami's receivers are better than what Miami saw these past two weeks? Yeah. I mean, I think. I Cause I think it's interesting, right? It kind of yeah. tells you just where things are at too, quite frankly, yeah. with this I think game. I think they performed better, but I'm not sure if like, I like, I would take Miami's receivers all day over app States. I would take okay. Miami's receivers over Michigan States, but I also, I'm also curious to know like how much of this is a result of, you know, the scheduling. Cause let's say Miami opened up with Northwestern and Fair. Youngstown state. Like how, what would be the, what would be the story on the other side of Michigan, if Michigan state opened up with Alabama and Appalachian state. Cause I right. think a lot of the arguments that we have about Miami would be, probably the same discussions we'd be having about Michigan state. If a lot of this thing is just like, you know, luck of the draw, who did you end up yeah. opening up with? I think Michigan state ha does, has gotten the benefit of the doubt with two, I would say a, probably a weaker big 10 opponent. And then I mean, town state. So, I mean, I want, that's why I, I feel like a lot of it is just like, I want to see how Miami plays this game. There's going to be a third, the third straight week playing like a, to me, a legitimate opponent. Like I think app state absolutely. is a legitimate opponent. I think Michigan state absolutely is a legitimate opponent, but I feel like Miami hasn't had like that, that team yet where they've been able to like just fully take advantage and just fully be the better team overall where that you're feeling good about the receivers or you're feeling good about anyone's position. So, you know, let's say Miami played Central Connecticut last week, you know, maybe we're feeling a little bit different right now sure. going heading into this one. So I think a lot of it, a lot of that feeling could be result just based on how the schedule sort of fallen this year. It hasn't been, it's not an easy way to start the year for any team, Alabama, Appalachian Agreed. state, Michigan state. So I'm interested. Like, I feel like I'm not even pushing back. I totally get where you get that, but. Oh yeah. I, I just think I, it's I, interesting, I right? Like I think coming into this season, 
we would have expected, oh, Miami's skill talent is way yeah. better than App State and Michigan State. Yeah. And while I do think, it, you know, the depth of it is better, you know, the starters, the top two, or maybe even the top one wide receiver on App State and Michigan State, you could make the argument the For other sure. team has the better one. Yeah. So I just think it's interesting to think about, right? Yeah. And it's it kind of speaks to, you know, you got to, Things need to get better with recruiting, no, quite frankly. Um, potential, or sorry, guy that needs to step up for Miami in this game. Who you got? For me, um, I mean, I'm sort of, I'm sort of looking at. I think I'm, I'm looking at whoever that right guard is, man. I'm looking at if it's okay. Navon Donaldson. I think it's Navon Donaldson that needs to step up. If it's Justice uh, Oluation, uh, I think it's him. I just think that. You know, really the offensive line in general, I think, needs to be the unit that steps up. I think whoever's playing on that right side, both of those guys need to step up because I think if both those guys play better football, I think Miami's offense as a whole is going to take that next step. I think this is a great opportunity for that. I also think Cam Harris, too. You know, I think, like, I mean, just watching Kenneth Walker run, I don't think there's a ton of, like, like, physical differences between Cameron Harris and Kenneth Walker. And, like, I feel like he's able to just sort of find those holes and just sort of make those decisions a little bit better than Cameron Harris has. And like, you know, I'd like to see him be a little bit more maybe patient and just a little bit more instinctual in terms of just like, you know, you see it's not there up the middle bounce to the outside and go and go find some, some open grass and go and go take advantage of that. I feel like Cameron Harris just sort of runs where he's told to run. And then it's just like, that's what he's doing. And there's no, there's no outside, like, just like, okay, maybe I can just bounce out right now and take off. So I'd like to see Cameron Harris play a little bit better. Um, you know, and I think that starts with that right side of the offensive line playing a little better. And you meant like, uh, you mentioned after the game, you feel like the outside runs are there for Miami more than the inside runs. Garen justice was asked about that this week. Right. And he said he didn't necessarily push back on that. Uh, but he did say, you know, as a play caller in the past, I guess Rhett Lashley has been burned by some tackles for loss Mm -hmm. on some outside runs he's called. And so he doesn't quite trust that it's there yet. And so when they do call him, they need to start producing um, on those runs moving forward. So we'll see if they get that done. Guy, I think I, that needs to step up. I'll go with Jafari Harvey. Um, yeah. You know, we talked about the importance of the pass rush from the, the front four. Um, he plays a big role in that. So yeah, Jafari Harvey with the pass rush and quite frankly, setting the edge. Uh, you know, we mentioned Kenneth Walker likes to run to his left. Um, Jafari Harvey will be on that side. So he needs to affect the play in terms of setting the edge and not letting him, not letting Kenneth Walker win the edge. Uh, potential player of the game, who you got? I got Keyshawn Smith, man. I think that okay. this is, I mean, just watching Michigan State's corners. I know you mentioned, David, they play a little bit off. Um, I thought, I thought Northwestern, even a few times, was able to sort of like, you know, w- win a couple long balls. Like, even if it's like, you know, just kind of go up there, make a play. Um, there was, there was a drive in that Northwestern game where Hunter Johnson was, it was one of those grueling, like 15 play drives where Hunter Johnson was 11 of 11. Uh, you know, I think the Miami receivers are going to have an opportunity to, to catch a lot of passes. Uh, I think Keyshawn Smith has the speed to potentially be a home run hitter in this game. Um, I'm not sure any of those two corners are, are quite fast enough to hang around with a guy like that. I even think Charleston Rambo on the opposite yeah. side could potentially ha- take advantage of that too. I think it's number nine specifically on Michigan state defense where I'm just like, this guy looks like he's running around in Timberland. So I think that, uh, I think that there's a chance where we're one of those guys, either one of those guys I'm thinking Keyshawn Smith potentially has a huge game. 
I'd probably go Rambo, but I agree. You know, one of those two guys could have big time explosive plays. I'll highlight uh, Cam Harris. You know, he's going to be the guy. He's probably going to get close to 20 carries, which Mm -hmm. I don't think he's ever done at Miami. Um, So he's got a big opportunity. I think, too, he's a guy with a lot of pride. You know, people have been hyping up Kenneth Walker all week. Mm -hmm. Uh, I would bet Cam Harris wants to go out and show he's the best running back in this game. So I'm a believer in Cam Harris still. Uh, There are some questions. I get it. Uh, But I think if you you give him 20 carries, he's going to end up having a productive day. Uh, Michigan State also, sorry, David, to just jump in. No, you're good. Michigan State actually has a worse rushing defense than Miami does this year. I mean, they've given up 142 yards per game against Northwestern and Youngstown State. Miami's, I think, at like 132 or something like that. And they played Alabama and App State, who both have like legit right. running backs. So I do think that there's a there's a I think there's an avenue for Miami's running game to sort of pick back up this week and sort of get Agreed. right to where to where it's been in the and past. That'd be huge for yeah. for the whole offense, right? Yeah. They they'd be able to get some stuff going. So let's quickly do some over unders. Um, let's just start here. Over under. 175 rushing yards allowed for Miami. So that's a high number, right? But, uh, you know, Kenneth Walker's entering this game with a lot of hype. Miami per game last year was averaging, I think, about 170 yards allowed per game. So basically, I'm basing this on last year's defense, right? Mm -hmm. Um, You taking the over or the under on that? Nah, I'm going to take the under. I I mean, I think it has to be the under if you're going to win this game. So um, I'm definitely taking the under there. I'll take the under two. Uh, over under two and a half sacks for Miami. I think I'm going under there too. Okay. Is it because Peyton Thorne's so good at escaping pressure kind of? Yeah, and I just feel like, I mean, I just feel like teams, I feel like the recipe right now is get the ball out fast. Um, you know, I feel like maybe Peyton Thorne holds on to it longer, but it feels like, you know, they could tweak some things here and there. I don't know. I just haven't seen it. Honestly, I haven't seen that three sack game yet. I haven't seen, I feel like we sure. haven't really seen anything close to it. So I'm not, I'm not quite there yet in terms okay. of feeling confident that regardless of the circumstances, Miami gets three sacks. I'll go over. Uh, Derek King over under 250 passing yards. Oof. I'm, I'm curious gonna go, on this. I'm going to go over. I'm going to go over. Okay. I think I, I will think, too. I, I think this is one of those games. I think Derek, he was. He was annoyed after that App State game by his yeah. performance. I think we're going to see a motivated Derek King um, this week. And I think I wouldn't be surprised if he has a, a very good game. Um, and then this one, to me, is interesting, right? Over under 75 offensive plays for Miami. So this is basically getting at, does Miami get into their tempo? Right yeah. now, Miami's averaging 71 plays mm-hmm. per game which is not where they want to be. It's not very impressive, period. I think that ranks in the 40s nationally. Uh, Last year, Miami was decent. They averaged 75 plays per game. Do you think they can get over that number this week, or will they be under and underwhelming with their tempo (laughs) once again? I'm going to go under. I'm going to go under until I see Just, I just, I don't know, man. I just, I feel like they need to, like they put themselves in a lot of third and long situations. That's just typically who they've been through two weeks. Are they going to be able to get off the field on third downs, just consistently move the chains? I don't know. I feel like Michigan State's defense hasn't been super great on third down either. Uh, so I do think that there's a chance, but 
again I, 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 I in that sense I'm still in like wait and see mode like I need to see it before I'm gonna start saying that this team's just gonna start running a bunch of plays I'll take the over I you know I think Michigan State plays that bend but don't break I think Miami will be able to bend it uh pretty good and then you know I think some explosive plays will come in the second half as the defense wears down on Michigan State so I, I'll take the over I'm with you though. To me, it's disappointing. We haven't seen the tempo yeah. or the flow of the offense in general improve since last year. So let's get to it. Uh, it's time to make our picks, right? Yeah. Uh, score prediction. What you got? Yeah, I got, I got 31, 27 Miami. Um, okay. You know, I, I do think that they're going to be able to get that, the offense rolling a little bit. I think, I do think they're going to be able to put up points. Um, just even watching that Northwestern game, I thought Northwestern left a ton of points, you know, like off the board. Like sure. they just, I, I mean, they had multiple situations where they could have either scored, had field goals. I think it was like, I think I counted like, it was like nine or 12 points that they could have potentially scored that they didn't. Um, so, I mean, I think Miami's going to be able to put up points and, you know, I think that they're going to do enough to stop the run to, you know, keep Michigan state from like really making that a huge issue. And, uh, you know, just find a way to grind this one out. I think this is going to be a full four-quarter battle. And, yeah. you know, I just think Miami ends up coming out at the I think underrated factor, noon Weather. game in South Florida. Yep, I knew you were like, going to bring that That up. is tough. I mean, we live here. We lived here our whole lives, David. Nobody likes going outside at noon. Uh, so give me some – give me a group of guys from the Great Lakes playing a noon game in hot and steamy South Florida at noon. I think Miami, I think that, I think that helps in the second half, specifically yeah. the fourth quarter. I think Miami is able to get it done. 89 degrees with 62% humidity right now is, is the weather projection. Yep. Um, yeah. So you said 3127, right? Yeah. Just to reiterate. So, yeah, I mean, to me, this is a very interesting game in a lot of ways, right? I, I agree that Northwestern, probably one of the worst Big Ten teams uh, in that conference this year. So while Michigan State pounded them, it was impressive considering what we thought we knew about Michigan State coming into this season. Uh, I'm not sure what to make of that. Youngstown State pounded them as well, but they are an FCS team. Uh, so, you know, Michigan State fans, I think, relative to their expectations coming into the year, are feeling great about where things are at the players, the staff, I'm sure everyone in the program's feeling great. Momentum is, is, uh, doing some good things with Michigan state on the flip side, right? Uh, Miami kind of slugging along. They've, they've played the best team in the country, Alabama, uh, app state, one of the best group of five teams in the country. Um, so they've played some real opponents, and they're one and one right now. And there's no doubt that Miami does need to clean some stuff up, you know, particularly on offense. De'Ara King needs to get the RPO reads right. A new look offensive line needs to be more impactful. The receivers need to eliminate drops, pick up yards after the catch. You got to clean up the penalties on offense when you get inside the 40-yard line. Um, so, yeah, I, I think... You know, I, I do think we will find out more about what these two teams are this week. And I do think Miami's team is better. Um, I'm curious what you think about this, right, Gabby? So if 
relative to like what the potential of the offense can be for Miami, what grade would you give this Miami offense from what we've seen through two games? Probably a C minus. <laughs> That's exactly what I would say. Yeah. C minus. So yeah. if they come out with a B performance, right. I think they can come out and handle Michigan state. Now, with that being said, we got to come out and see it. They haven't been close to a B performance for an entire game yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I do feel like the things I, I feel like it's close to clicking and the things that are fixable, they can fix. You know, we've seen offenses like in 2018 and 2019 where there wasn't an easy fix to those offenses, right? You, they were what they were. I'm a believer in De'Aaron King. I think he can get things right. Um, you know, on the flip side, just real quick, Michigan State, right? I do think they are, they are, of course, much better than we assumed they would be in the preseason. Mel Tucker is an impressive coach. He is four and four in his career as a head coach against AP top 25 teams. So that's a little scary, quite frankly. The teams he's beat, Michigan and Northwestern last year. And then when he was at Colorado, he beat Nebraska and Arizona State. Uh, He beat Arizona State and Michigan on the road. So he has beaten top 25 teams. How good were those teams at the end of the year? Probably another discussion, right? Uh, But he still did win those games. Um, also too, I just want to bring up the kicker, right? I don't think Michigan state's kicker is very good. He's kind of like, he's the definition of college kicker, right? So if Miami forces field goal attempts, or if Michigan state has to kick the ball or feels like they can't depend on their kicker, I think that's another thing to watch for in this game. Um, but okay, stop talking. Here we go. Uh, I, I do think this is a very difficult game to predict. I'm not going to lie. Uh, but I will go with Miami 34, Michigan State 31. I think Miami wins. Um, but I would not. I mean, again, I just don't know what to make of this Michigan State yeah, team, quite tough. frankly. Uh, because they have looked great, but they've looked great against opponents that I don't know what to make of them. Yeah. Um, but they are certainly good enough to beat Miami mm-hmm. if Miami comes out with a C yep, performance. Absolutely. So it'll be a fun game. Gabby, as always, appreciate you giving your insight on the pod. Uh, we will definitely record an instant reaction pod after the game, and hopefully we will have good things to say. So till next time, uh, thanks for listening, and uh, take care, everyone.